0: Anybody anybody who we were praying for you and you felt an immediate difference in your body, mind, heart, soul, uh, would anybody – would you want to testify to that or share to that or what, – what, what was God doing? As we were praying, um, nerve pain down my right leg got worse and so we prayed some more and then it left. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I've been battling sickness for like three weeks going on. And um, so as uh, Dan and Tommy were praying, I just felt like my lungs opened up in a new way that I haven't felt them open in a long time. So I'm just very grateful. I feel like God has just started a, a complete healing in my body. So, amen. Amen. All right. Are you waving your hand at me? Okay. <laughs> I got too I'm Sorry. So I actually raised my hand for. Uh, it's funny how God knows exactly what you need. Cause um, I raised my hand for my body, but instead He healed my soul and my spirit. I had been um, really struggling with some decisions I've made and and just feeling completely lost and broken and. Forgetting who I was and, you know, wondering if God still even had a plan for me and the things that they prayed (laughs) was spot on. So it's funny how you raise your hand for one thing (laughs) and God's like, nope, we're not dealing with that. We're going to deal with this. This thing that you don't want me to touch is what I'm going to come in and grab. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks thanks, my love, for reminding us to check. Sometimes we just move on and not even say, Hey, what what was going on while we prayed? That was that was powerful. I don't I don't know if if you felt like that, but I feel like there there's nothing more powerful than the people of God praying. We're gonna we're gonna learn that again. Or for maybe for the first time. For some of us, maybe it's the first time that we're, we're gonna actually enter into realizing how powerful it is when the people of God pray. Not, not, not the special people of God, not the ones who are up front and the, the names you hear about, absolutely those two. Uh, we just wanna make sure that, uh, the people of God, it's not the person of God, it's the people of God. You know, in the Old Testament, it was the person of God, in one spot and then in the New Testament the fire in Acts 2 was not was not in one place. It spread on everybody's head. So that was a sign, hey, now it's for everybody. Now the fire, the presence of God is spread to every follower of Jesus. Yeah, it's not about one person. It's not about even one church. It's not about one. It's, it's the, the people of God seeking God. And when we pray, something is happening. Something is happening doesn 't mean we always feel something, but uh, because our feelings are not always right. Our feelings aren 't always true like oh i didn 't feel anything. Well, maybe your feelings are off. <laughs> I want my feelings to get lined up to truth um, and uh, not not allow truth to get lined up to my feelings. Big difference there. Hey, let's turn to Psalm 84. We're gonna, we're gonna dive into something fun this morning. Uh, we're gonna talk about the only journey that matters. Uh, and we're gonna talk about how God releases keys to make it on our journey. So as we're entering, we're kinda entering a new year. This is the second Sunday for the new year. Uh, as I was praying and struggling and trying to figure out what God would want to say. You know, it's hard sometimes. It's not easy. Uh, thanks for praying for your pastors and leaders because uh, we don't want to just give a, a nice teaching. Uh, we want to hear the heart of God and know that this is what God wants to say. And so Psalm 84 is is where uh, I finally ended up. And this is a psalm. Uh, of the sons of Korah. You read the little notes if you've got your Bible there. It's probably not on the screen, uh, when we put that on the screen, but it, it has little notes in the book of Psalms in your Bible. Uh, I don't know if, I assume it's on the phones too, but, uh, I use a real Bible, so, oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, It says this, you know, it it says this, normally I don't preach from the notes, but it says for the director of music, according to Giddith, and you'll have to ask Don what that is, but of the sons of Korah, a psalm. And it's interesting because who wrote this song, these are worship songs, was, was a group of the sons of Korah. And so... You have to go to Numbers chapter 16 to hear the story of Korah. And I don't assume that anybody has ever read that story before, so I'll tell it really briefly, because this is not the message, because it could be. But, um, Korah was, was one of the, one of the priests, and he kinda, uh, he kinda had a, a heart that was turned towards rebellion, and so he raised himself up against Moses and Aaron and said, how come those guys are the ones always doing the stuff? How about the rest of us? And so he, he led a rebellion against basically the authority that God had set up. So he was really in rebellion against God. And so they had a, they had a test. So Moses and Aaron, they didn't try to like argue it out. They just said, Hey, tomorrow we're all going to stand out and God's going to show up and, and tell you who's the real deal. And so basically the next day what it all happened to boil it down into a, a quick summary is, uh, Korah, uh, stood up and, and then he was dead. (laughs) We'll just, that's, we'll cut to the chase. That, that was it for Korah. But, it says in number 16, but his sons were spared. So here's the sons of Korah, what they wrote. Praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn's rain, autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Guy, they go from strength to strength. Sorry, that's free. You give it to free when you know something's going on with somebody. Till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. The sons of Koroth and I think that's important because you have to realize that what was in Korah's hearts didn't transfer to the hearts of his sons. And so my encouragement to you, for maybe this is just for one person, is this. It doesn't matter who your mom or dad were. If they were in total rebellion against God, if they were whatever, this or that, you can be one of the sons of Korah. You can be like that says, nope, we're starting here with my generation. Some of you are the first generation where you're really following Jesus. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about checking a box off. I'm talking about you're pursuing Jesus. Your heart is like, I am, I want to do what Jesus wants to do. I want to seek Him. I want to do His will. I want to see it come on earth as it is in heaven i I'm, I'm submitting my heart to god i'm longing for him you don't have, it doesn't matter what family you came from it doesn't matter what family you came from if you, once you're in the family of god that's the family that counts you've got a new family you've got a new heritage you've got new genetics you have got some spiritual genetics that are pretty good because your older brother is jesus and he's not like some older brothers. I was a great older brother. It beat all the younger brothers at everything and kind of just squished them down because that's the older brother's right. I mean, that's your. Uh, if you haven't experienced it, it's it's really, uh, it's, it's it's it seems wonderful at the time. It's probably not all good, but Jesus is an older brother who says, "Guess what? You get everything that's that was supposed to be given to me." The old, the oldest, of course, the firstborn gets the double inheritance in the in the Jewish culture. So they got the double. So Jesus, you know, as the firstborn, he he wasn't born, you know, he was always there, but he was the firstborn uh, when he was born on earth and became. He's like the firstborn human now. He's the the first son of the father, and so he he is rightfully able to receive. The double inheritance from Father God. And so now he says, guess what? You're now joint heirs. You are a co-heir with Jesus. Co-heirs with Christ in the inheritance from the Father God. That's pretty cool right there. So on Tuesday, when you're feeling pretty down about yourself and you're you you're going through the week and, and Monday was a true Monday. And you're going, oh, my God's going on. you say, you know what? Know what? I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ. I have the inheritance of heaven in my life, and i'm gonna live like i have the the i'm i'm gonna live like I have the love of the Father and the favor of the Father and the glory and honor of the Father on my life so let's get to psalm eighty four now <laughs> there's three there's three blessings here there's three ways that we're blessed that I want us to just look at uh briefly here. And the first one is in verse four. It says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So this is one of the keys. When we're on a journey, when we're on a, you know, life is really a journey. When when we're on our life journey, we need, hey, what are some things that are non-negotiable in my life? You know, on this journey, this is one of the non-negotiables is communion with God. It said, blessed are those who dwell in your house. The word house in Hebrew is the word bayit. And so... That word, you know, think of the word, it's not just a, it's not just a structure, it's not just, uh, you know, a, a place, it's, it's, it's home. It's it's the dwelling place. It's the dwelling place in the Old Testament, of course, the, the sons of Korah, they were they were writing this from their point of view, from their revelation there from their revelation. The house of God was, you know, the, the tabernacle or the temple, you know, that was where, you know, God dwelled. And so they're like, hey, blessed are those who are who are in your house course we have a we have a broader perspective as you go on it gets you know the revelation gets greater in the Bible and so we're looking past Jesus and now we know that the house of God is not limited to a place that this building is not necessarily the house of God it's like oh now you're in the house of God don't say any more cuss words have you heard that I mean have you, you know people are like well don't do that in church well once you become a believer in Jesus guess what your church <laughs> You're now church, so you can't ever get away. It's like, man, I'm always in church. Yes. <laughs> can't do that in church. You're like, well, I'm, oh, yeah, wait till I get outside. No, that's, I mean, that's the that's the whole thing why it makes no sense for someone to come in on Sunday and act one way and on Tuesday to be different because there's no difference in location. Everything is the same. You're still the house of God. And so it says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. What was in the house of God at that moment was with the presence of God. The presence of God himself was in the house of God. Those who are dwelling in the house are ever praising you. You know what? When you show up in the house of God, when you show up in a place that, that, that God's being worshipped, and you sense the presence of God, you are moved to praise. You are moved to worship. In your heart, when you commune with God, in your house, in your personal house with God, when you get close to him, guess what's going to be released in you? Praise. Because you can't be in the house of God and not be praising. And this is key because we are the house of God, but we also have a choice to open ourselves up to our spirit. You'll notice in these verses, it says several things. It says in verse 2, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. In other words, to be near, you know, His house, to be in the, the, the place under His authority, His courts. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. So right there, you've got three things going. You have your soul, your heart, and your flesh all seeking God. Because that, that's what you want. Because you're a body, you're a soul, and you're a spirit. Right? Did you know that? Everybody, we got your body. What's your soul? I know I went over this last week too, a little bit with the fasting. But what is your soul? It's, it's your mind. Your emotions and your will, your chooser. When you choose, you know, when you want to do something and you choose to do it, you know, that, that's part of your soul. And so, your body and your soul don't naturally worship God. Like in the New Testament it talks about all these things about, you know, crucifying the flesh and all that stuff. That's cause, you know, it's saying, hey, the part of you that is, you know, That has not been totally redeemed yet. Your flesh can still, what? Can can you still sin? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, because I still have a choice. Nothing changed When, when Jesus came. It just means now I have the power not to do that anymore. I don't, it's not, it's not an act of my will. It's an act of my power because then what's happening is I am tapping into where my spirit is. Now, your spirit, it says when you become a believer in Jesus, that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it says we are now joined with God in our hearts. It says that the spirit of God himself, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Jesus Christ. You know, when we say Jesus comes and lives in our hearts, we just mean the spirit of Jesus Christ who is The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes and lives in us and he he sits on the throne of my heart, the innermost part of my being, my spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit is. And so now my body and my emotions and my mind and my thoughts, they have to learn to submit to the Holy Spirit's rulership in my life, to God's throne that is sitting in my heart. And so what's happening right here is when we when we tune ourselves to the presence of God, our soul and our flesh get joined with our spirit as one in seeking God. It says it there, my, he's like, my soul is yearning for you, my heart and my flesh cry out. In other words, my physical self is longing for God. That's not natural, that's supernatural. When you're desiring God, you know, in your body, so to speak, like I just, I just need to be with Him. Like I'm, I'm physically not right unless I am with Jesus, and that means you've been joined with your spirit, and you have a key to living in the dwelling place of God. Because we don't have to live outside the courts of the Lord anymore. If we're in the New Testament, we're not in the Old Testament. We don't go in and out. You know, you don't go in and out with God. It's like, well, it was a bad day, so I'm on the out, I'm on the outer courts. You know, I'm on the outer level. I, I, I'm, you know, the gate is here and I'm looking in through the gate and like, there's Ronnie Mabin. He's right inside the Holy of Holies right there. Yeah, because we know Ronnie's tuned in. Oh, Pastor Don, oh yeah, he's tuned in. He's right in the Holy of Holies. And, uh, who can I pick on? And you look beside you and there's someone else standing outside the gate. You're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and you both should tell each other, hey, guess what? We get to go in. Because it's not a uh, one day I'm on, one day I'm off. No, you, you always can be in the presence of God because you've now been born again. You've now been You're now a new creation in your innermost being. If you submitted yourself to Jesus as Lord, guess what? You're now one of his children. And so you have rightful access to the presence of God. You don't ever have to be far away from him. Now, these guys were man. They were they were in awe that they got to go in and be in God's presence. And then they had to go out. But they're like, I can't wait to get back in (sighs) But then they would have to go out. But they're like, I just, man, I just want to bless or those who, man, if, man, if we were living there, if we're serving our time there, uh, you know, if we were in our, you know, maybe place of service as a priest, you know, they were they were in there for an extended journey. It's like, blessed are those who are you're living there, you're sleeping there because the priests are, you know, they're sleeping there when they're on when they're on duty. You know, the, the fire has to keep burning all night on the altar, and they have to keep they have to tend to the things, and. Uh, So they're like, blessed is the one who gets to stay, but we have an opportunity through Jesus to always be in the presence of God. How much that helps when we are on that picture that Lisa saw, if the boat of my life is rocking around and there's waves going on, I need to know, is Jesus on the boat? Jesus is on the boat. That makes a big difference. You can look around at Peter and John and all the other apostles, and it's cool that they're there too. I'm glad they're with me. I'm glad Peter knows how to fish. But Peter did not know how to stop a storm, but Jesus did. And so I, I want to make sure that Jesus is on my boat. And so when I tune myself to the presence of God, man, what a blessing in my life. You're going to walk in blessing, and you're going you're to release worship. You can't get in the presence of God and not worship Him if you're a child of God. If you're a child of God. If you're not a child of God, you get in the presence of God, you're going to get scared because you're like, I got to, I got to change. I got to, I got to repent. That's right. You do. But once you do, Jesus is enough. Jesus' blood paid for your, paid for all of your sins. So that's the first key there is dwelling in the presence, the bayit of God. You know, and there's a book I read, uh I've read many times, and I've probably used it in many sermon illustrations, but I'm gonna use it again. <laughs> it's called The Tower of Gabura. It's by a man named John White, and he wrote uh it's a fantasy it's a Christian allegorical fantasy series. It's kinda of like the Chronicles of Narnia. Um uh, And in fact, his kids encouraged him to write these books. They said, man, they're so cool. He wrote them for his kids first, you know, and then they're like, hey, these are pretty good stories. Maybe you should, you know, publish them. He's, ah, you know, no. He was a writer of like, you know, regular spiritual growth, Christian teaching books. And his kids encourage him to write this because he's like, well, I intentionally was copying C.S. Lewis. You know, it's like I, I was totally trying to do that. You know, it wasn't like, hey, you, were you trying to copy? Yes, I was. I was trying to I've, I've got a figure in my in my story that stands for Jesus. And he his name is Gaul, which in Hebrew is shepherd. And so Gaul is the Christ figure in the story. And so there's a whole series of them. I totally recommend them. Um, I've read them to my oldest son. Uh, so I've probably read them in my life six, seven times. I got read them when I was a kid. My dad would read to me every night even till I was 18 years old. Until they left me in in California at college. You know, as as long as I was living in the house, we would lay every night and he would read to us. It's like kind of weird now you think about it. You're like, wow, that's weird. <laughs> But we would pray and read together every night, and so we read all kinds of stuff, you know all Christian books, stories that would awaken awaken spiritual truth, because stories awaken truth in young people that 's why testimony is so powerful man i 'm preaching whole different messages now, but uh, <laughs> that 's why testimony is so powerful because you 're t- telling a story. people love stories uh, they don 't always jump into like you know straight up facts, especially in in our generations now, we want to hear hear a good story. Why do you think we watch TV so much? Because it's good stories, right? Some of them, at least. Um, you know, it's, it's a story draws us in. So, the, in this story, I'm getting to the point, my dear. Um, wherever Gaul is, they'll show up, and there'll be this this house. He calls it my bayit of yayin. Literally, it's house of wine. In other words, it was a symbol of you know spiritual one. Okay, go with the, go with the flow here. So, and there's a point where one of the characters says, "Is this is this where your house is?" And the the Jesus figure, Jesus, we'll just say G, Jesus in the book says this. No, my house is everywhere. Some people just can't see it. It's true now. It's not in one place. Blessed are those who dwell in the house. Number two is this, uh, it's, it's in the next verse, verse five. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. It's verses Five and six. They go from seven. They go from strength to strength. Till each appears before God in Zion. So the picture is here of the, of the journey, maybe from a faraway place. They're journeying to Jerusalem. Maybe one of the feasts, one of the times of celebration. And so they're, they're making a pilgrimage. They're making the journey. And there's a dispute about what the valley of Baca is. Uh, There is a lot of interpretation on what that valley is, whether it's, you know, the valley where there were the, these balsam trees and they would drip. Uh, the sap and that was it was called also the valley of weeping there's some who would say it's it's the valley where uh, the valley of Acor, which is which is kind of like the valley there was a valley of suffering uh, in that is interesting that's where God opens up the door of hope uh, in Hosea 2 and 15 but whatever the valley of Baca is represented here it's a place of desolation and dryness and despair and discouragement is what it represents. No matter what on our journeys, we're going to find ourselves in the Valley of Baca. There's there's no way to avoid it. I'm sorry if you if you haven't been there yet, you're going to get there. And if you've been there once, God might lead you through again. It might be maybe it's uh, maybe it's Baca too. I don't know. I don't know if the you know it's like please don't make a sequel of that. Um, <laughs> some sequels should never have been made. You're like God, is this a sequel? He's, no, this is a whole different. Is this the same thing, God? He says no, this is a different one. <laughs> it's but it, here's the thing as they pass through it they make it a place of springs or it becomes an abundant oasis it's a place where where the blessing of God is released and why is the blessing of God re- released it's because their hearts are set really literally in the Hebrew it it says this that their heart is the road or is the highway It just says in other words I'm going this way. And my heart literally is, is walking this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going no matter what. It, on this journey, I am not going to stop. If, I'm in, if I find myself in the valley of weeping, if I find myself in the valley of dryness, if I find myself in the valley of confusion, I am gonna, my heart is set. I am a road where I am continually pointing toward the Lord. When that happens in your life, then the dry place can become an oasis. Maybe it's not the water you wanted, maybe it's not the oasis you were thinking of, just like Ashley was saying earlier, like, you know, okay God, here's how it has to be. If you, you have to do it this way, God, and if you don't do it this way, then you don't really love me. No, if you just say, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna worship you through this valley. As I walk through this valley, it says that the rains begin to cover it with pools. And in fact, the word pools there in Hebrew is actually, that's one of the ones they they debate about. Uh, and Don can tell us what it is afterwards. But um, it's also the word blessing. So what looks like the valley of not blessing becomes the valley of blessing. What looks like the valley of pain becomes the the valley of wholeness. What looks like the valley of defeat becomes the valley of victory. Man, when that happens in your life, when you're on the journey, God says, hey, guess what? You're going to go from strength to strength. There's going to be something in your life that propels you forward that says, I am not gonna stop. And it's not gonna be just you. It's not gonna be you just going, I'm just a stubborn person. You know, cause I'm kinda, I'm kinda that guy that's just like, I'm just gonna do it to do it. Like, uh, you know, whatever, if I say I'm gonna do it, I'm just gonna try my best. If I'm limping, if I'm dragging, you know, if I'm in a 5k and I haven't, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish that thing. I'm gonna do as much as I can. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna bow out. That's just my personality. Personality will only take you so far. When your personality is submitted to the lordship of Jesus, then he says, hey, guess what? In your weakness, I am made strong. So in other words, you have to let go of some of your own pride and some of your own, I can do it on my own, to say, okay, God, I give up. And I think that's what's happening in this journey here for these. Is There's, there's a moment where they're in the valley and they're just like, God, I can't make it. He's like, yes! Now you get it god i can't make it i know (laughs) that's why i'm here i've been waiting for you to realize that you can't make it you need me you need some strength that's from beyond yourself and that strength is strength upon strength just like john chapter one says jesus came and he gave us like grace upon grace he has blessed us with you know one blessing after another. It's grace upon grace, strength upon strength. So the third thing is this. Close with the third one. Last verse here, Lord Almighty, O Lord God Almighty. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Uh, let me, let me share this a little bit. When it says Lord Almighty in this verse, several times it says that, O Lord Almighty. You'll notice in your Bibles that, uh, in many of them it, it'll have L-O-R-D in all caps. Um, and I know I've said this before, but I want to say it again because it's so important. That means something. That's not just a mistake that they did in the Bible. That means that's the divine name of God. Every time you see L O R D capitalized in the old Testament, it means Yahweh or Jehovah. It's, it's the name of God. When Moses showed up and said, who, who should I say sent me? And God says, I am. In other words, Hey, I, you know, I am Yahweh. I'm Jehovah. Uh, Whichever way you say it, again, we don't know for sure which way you said it, but Yahweh, it's the divine name of God and the word almighty there uh, that says is really, is really the God of of the Lord of hosts. In other words, O oh Lord, the one with the huge army of heaven. So that's, that's who they're addressing. So all of their all of your trust, when it says, blessed is the one who trusts in you, you're trusting in a personal God who has all power. Because Yahweh, to me, is the intimate name. It's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, God reveals himself and says, hey, guess what? I I want to show you my, my, my personal name as my the Son of God, Jesus, Yeshua. He says, look, we're not, we're not just on a... On a you know, I'm not just the man upstairs. Have you ever heard of somebody refer to God as, you know, he's the man upstairs? If you're still referring to God as the man upstairs, you don't really know him that well. Because once you know him, he says, guess what? You know my name now. You don't just have to call me sir anymore. You don't have to call me Mr. This or Mr. That. You're not just a student. You're now, you're a part of the family. So it says, blessed is the one who trusts in you. When you trust in God, it doesn't matter where you are. That's what it says. See, the previous verses here are describing. Verses 9 through 12 are are describing what happens in verse 12. Just like verses 5 through 8 tie into verse 5. And verses 1 through 4 tie into verse 4 as the key says, blesses is the one who trusts in you. But up at the start, it says, uh, look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Some of us are so caught up in what we want to be when we grow up. and it doesn't matter how old you are that you can still be pursuing that where you've missed the fact that when you're just at the doorstep just opening the door for people you're experiencing the presence of God many times and i would say most of the time in the kingdom you don't you don't start Way up influencing a whole lot of people, and probably shouldn't. You start being content with God saying, "Just sit at the door and experience my presence, and let other people go in." <laughs> just be the servant. Just, just be the, just be the lowest. I mean, the the sons of Korah were saying. I could be the most amazing person out here in this world. I mean, that's, you know, in the world I can be whatever. I could have the best job, I could have the best salary, I could have the best house, I could have the best boat, I can have the best whatever. Hunting rifles, whatever is good for you, I can have the best deer lease, all of that. I can have the best, you know, Sound system, a recording studio, I can have the best looking wife, I can have the best looking kids, I can have the best looking everything, and none of that matters. Because sitting at the feet, at the edge of the presence of God, I'd rather do that for one day. I'd rather do that for one day than have a thousand days in the other places. Because when you trust in the Lord, it doesn't matter where you are because he's there. Because I'd rather be where he's at and be in a place like, oh, this is not my like favorite place. But you're here. So I'm going to be here because I don't want to be in some amazing place that I've made up in my mind and you're not there. It says that when we're in that place of trust, the Lord God is a sun and a shield. If you think about that, it's It's interesting number one if god is is a sun to us he he's our he 's our light, but what is something else that the sun does? the sun is the sun's a compass let 's see let me get it right. The sun rises in the east <laughs> i 'm looking at my father in law here to make sure i don 't mess this up Well, for some people, the sun is a compass uh, if you 're out with me, hope that I have a a phone okay <laughs> and service, but it rises in the east, east, and sets in the west, okay, so it's, you know, in back in the day, before cell phones or compasses, they would direct themselves a lot by the sun, because you could know, it's late in the day, okay, well, I've got I know it's, I know which way is west. So I can figure everything else now. If I can just figure out one direction. And so God, God is a sun in our life. He is the compass in our life. He is the one that begins to direct our lives. When you trust in Him, you'll have light shine. You'll know, there'll be direction that you'll understand. Whereas before, you're walking around in confusion, like, I don't know which way to go. You need the son of God to light the way. But it also says he's a shield. This shield, this word, is, is is a buckler shield. In other words, this is the smaller shield that you would personally carry into battle. This is not like a big, one of those big giant shields that you hold and you can cover a lot of people and stuff. This was this was the shield you could run with. This is the one that was with you no matter what. And, and God is saying here, he, he's going to be a shield. In other words, I'm going to be your personal protection. I will be your personal protection. As you trust in me, you are in a safe place because I am now your shield. It's not just the shield over the whole people of God, not the big shield. That shield is there too, absolutely. But no, this one is for you. This is the protection you carry with yourself all the time. God's saying, I'm with you. I'm your shield. Anytime you need me. In the New Testament, of course, we have the shield of what? Faith. And this is just faith here trusting in the lord the shield of faith he becomes our shield and then it says he says no good thing will i withhold from those whose walk is blameless the lord bestows favor his grace his blessing and honor really the honor the word their honor your translation might say glory it's it's the hebrew word kabod it's 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 the glory of god in other words god's going to going to bestow on his people his glory I'm not even saying I understand that, but I know that's that's incredible. I know that he that for God to to have the glory of God with me at all, I I don't really deserve that. I've not earned it. I I don't uh I've done nothing for that to be my portion in life. And God says, guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bless you. Just as you trust in me, the glory of God's gonna go with you. The weight of my presence is gonna go with you. Who I am is going to go with you, you're gonna be filled with who I am, so I don't know which one of these keys that you need today for the journey that you're entering into for twenty twenty I think all three are good, but there may be one specifically that's spoken to your heart i just I just pray that we would we would respond to God for just a minute, so if you'll just stand up. Stand to your feet, and stretch out a little bit, move around, get yourself comfortable. Is God calling you to dwell more in his house? in other words, become more aware of his presence, to enter into worship personally? Is that what he's calling to you? Is that one of the keys, and it's going to change your your spirit your soul and your body to line up with your spirit? Is it that you just need to have your heart set on one direction to say, God, I'm, my heart is set on you. I am going to go in the direction, even if I'm through in the valley. I'm going to keep going. It doesn't matter what what we call the valley, if it's the valley of weeping or sorrow, or confusion, or despair, or loneliness. If it's the valley of loneliness, you get a revelation of God as the one who's with you. Lord, thank you. If it's if it's one more, if you just need to trust. If you need to trust, if the place where you're at, you need to know, God, are you here? Am I at your door? Am I am I the doorkeeper right now? Or am I in the tents having a great time and thinking it's going to fill my life? And so, Father, right now, Lord, as each and every one just kind of interacts with you, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to minister truth. I invite you to to speak to us. God, if there's something you're calling us to, Lord, you're inviting us into something more. We choose to take hold of that invitation and go through that door. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing that is released in your word. Lord, we want to walk in blessing. We want to we want to live the blessing. Lord, it's not easy. Lord, this is not a, this is not a, always a fun journey. This is not always a a simple journey. This is not always the the definitely not an easy journey. This is not a journey where we won't even get hurt. Or none of that is promised, God. But there is a promise that your strength is going to fill us. There is a promise that our hearts are going to be moved to worship. There is a promise that we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, that you're going to be a shield to us, that you're going to light the way, that you're going to give us direction, that you're going to bestow your favor and your grace upon our lives. You're going to give us your very glory. You're going to honor us. Even though we're honoring you, God, you somehow choose to still bless us and honor us with your very own presence and mark us with Your name, and so I, I just pray for any heart here that's weary. That we that that the, those hearts would receive the blessing, the the sustenance of the Word this morning, applied by the Holy Spirit. We thank You, Lord, for leading us in, from strength to strength, for those that it's been a, a in and out journey. One day on, one day off. May that stop this year. May that stop this year. May, may religious cycles be broken in Jesus' name. Let it not be one week on, one week off. Religious cycles be broken in jesus name let there be strength to strength this year not wishy-washy not wavering between two things but true faith and trust in jesus because jesus you're enough so we thank you for that thank you for meeting with us today and releasing life in our bodies souls and spirits in jesus name amen